Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT Podcast, the best sports podcast in New Jersey. We have none other. A special guest all the way from Arizona, Carrie Instant <laughs> in the building, a.k.a. y'all might know her as Suns Fanatic on IG, on Threads, lover of all sports, knowledgeable of all sports. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Ah, thank you for taking time out. So I want to start here. As I just mentioned, for those that did not know, she loves all sports. She is knowledgeable on all sports. Don't let the Suns fanatics name fool you. <laughs> she talks football. She just look yeah. at the page and scroll. You'll see everything. <laughs> Where yes. did your love for sports start? Um, probably from the minute I was born. <laughs> um, my dad's a huge sports fan. I He's from Chicago. His family is from the Chicago area. I grew up a Bears, Cubs, Bulls fan. Um, I was bo- When I was born, my dad actually was watching a Cubs game while I was being delivered. So like... <laughs> Every everything that like every year on my birthday, I would end up going to a Cubs game if I could make it to Wrigley Field just to celebrate, you know. Oh, that's so dope. That sounds a little bit like my family. My first pair of Pampers were Cowboys Pampers and Pampers <laughs> onesie. That was yeah. my first literally from birth. Now, I'm not a Cowboy <laughs> fan anymore. Can't yeah. do it. That's the type, you know, I've never been on any hard drugs or anything like that in my life. So I didn't want to do that being a Cowboys fan because that's a that's a special type of narcotic to go through, to go through what yeah, they're, they're definitely special fans. Yeah, I couldn't do as I got into became an adult. I was like, this doesn't make sense to root for the Cowboys. Like, yeah. I have a choice now. Like, I, yeah, no, exactly. I, I wouldn't do that uh, for our listeners. So Suns fanatic, what? Yeah actually is that and what inspired the creation of it okay so (laughs) it is a fan group um a social group i should say because we get together as groups we do watch parties we go to games together we meet up for dinner and drinks we volunteer in the community it's a group that was created honestly for singles to get together and meet other singles that were into um, you know, the Suns and basketball and wanted a common ground to kind of meet and hang out without it being that awkward online dating experience, you know. But then as time went on and I realized that like people were kind of nervous about the whole dating meeting up thing. And a lot of people wanted to join because either they were single or their spouses didn't like sports or they might have had like friends that liked other teams other than the sun. So I just changed it to a social group and we've gotten hundreds of members. We have members in Australia, Philippines. We've got people all over the United States. Um, Obviously not everybody makes it to the events, but we all chat online. We share our thoughts about the suns and all the different games. I open an online chat during game time. So it's fun. Um, I, I've been trying to convert everybody to threads, to be honest, (laughs) to the NBA threads, because it's so fun during game time to post on there. And like, you could post your own team while there's 80 other games going on, you know, (laughs) it's like, you can be in the mix. (laughs) 
hey, for those that don't know, I've been trying to do the same thing too. I've, I've been trying to get some of my boys to get on there. If you're watching, NBA Threads is really where it's at. We are still accepting members on the bandwagon. You can hop <laughs> on the train now. We'll gladly have you. But to the Suns, that's super dope. Like to create that, to be doing that, that's a lot on your plate. And you. It is. I could imagine so, but like yeah. that's dope. Obviously, it actually grew traction because you're talking about it's all over the United States and you mentioned places globally. Yeah. That's fire. And I'm not sure if that's what you envisioned when you first started it. No. But <laughs> <laughs> it was not like I I literally I've tried to connect people when they say, Oh, I'm in Australia, and I'm like, Oh, so and so's from Australia too. You two should go watch a Suns game together. You know, only there it's the middle of the night when the suns come on, you know, but like there's a couple people in the Philippines. There's someone in Guam, I think. And then there's like just people all over. So for me, it was just trying to connect fans and like have people feel comfortable, kind of like what NBA threads is right now. You know, um, I am huge into fan experience, right? Like I prefer a bunch of people to get together, have the time of their lives well watching basketball or football or what have you. So I work with the Suns uh, representatives to supply t-shirts and different things for the watch parties. Um, for our games, we do special game patch packages where we could go watch practices at the floor level, go sit in our seats on the first level, and then after the game, take pictures on the court. Like I try and like make it a full fan experience for people. Um, obviously I try different pricing ranges and different activities so everybody can be included. Um, it's a lot, especially when you're signing your name on that contract for tickets and people flake out on you, <laughs> you got to figure out something real quick. <laughs> well, anybody that's watching, I know I'm, I'm definitely, I always wanted to get out to Phoenix in general, but hearing that that experience to go see a game that's completely different than just like, all right, I got tickets to the next game. No, all of that, that comes mm. with that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to look at prices <laughs> lights for next season. Like this season is kind of too late. I don't think I'll be able to make it in time. Right. But, oh yeah, that sounds like it. I see why it's a lot of members of part of your group. That's yeah, dope. That's if anybody else is interested like in coming out this way, I can always give you suggestions for hotels, different restaurants, all of that. I actually have a concierge business in the plans that deals with every major league sport in the Valley. So I'm working on that. It's taking a lot longer than I thought just because I have to you know, get the logistics straight. But it's basically what I'm telling you now. Um, only for every sport, not just sons. Hey, this is the plug. This is the person <laughs> I need to talk to if you in that area. I did not know that she was connected like that, but Justin Lee, on this episode, you're watching this. Phoenix, <laughs> if you're going to Arizona, just have a hotel, places to eat, this is the person to hit up. Wow. I am extremely excited about it even the more that we're doing this because I did not know it was on that scale. So that's super dope. Now you grew up in Chicago. How yeah, did I you end up 
being a <laughs> Phoenix Suns fan being in the Arizona area? Yeah, um, I've moved around a lot. So my family was all from the Northern Illinois area. Um, after high school, I moved to the East Coast and then I lived in Spain for a couple years. And so I when in Spain, they didn't show the games, right? The NBA games. Um, this was back in the 90s because I'm pretty old. So, <laughs> but um, they didn't show the games over there. So you kind of lost touch with the NBA, the NFL. Like they showed the big games, like the Super Bowl, six hours after it happened, you know, because of the time difference or whatever. So you set your VCR. <laughs> And that's how it worked. But um, so I kind of lost touch with the NBA for quite a few years after 94, 95 time period, I want to say. Um, and then when I became a mom and my son was a huge Magic fan um, because his dad's from Orlando. And so I started following the NBA again and started taking him to games and like just kind of followed a team for him. Um, we would go see them play the Bucks because we lived near Milwaukee. Uh, we'd see the Bulls because we were in between Milwaukee and Chicago at the time. I'd fly down to Orlando, take them to some Orlando games. So when I moved to Arizona, I kind of decided I needed to embrace an Arizona team. Mm -hmm. And the Suns were like 17 and 65 or something <laughs> when I showed up in 2019. They were bad. Um, I went to it. I caught a couple really good games. Um, I mean, price-wise. <laughs> uh, they were like 60 bucks for lower level at the time. You know, like it was really good. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't care if they're bad. It's making me enjoy basketball again. And like I can go to the games and be a part of the atmosphere, which is amazing at the Footprint Center. Well, then COVID happened six months after I moved here. So that they, you know, they shut everything down and then it went to the bubble. And then the suns like were just boom, amazing out of nowhere. <laughs> so that's how I became a suns fan. And then I became addicted and like obsessed, fanatic. <laughs> so well, here we are. <laughs> first off, you, you mentioned you were old. You're not old. So that's, <laughs> that's first off right there. We're not, we're not going to do that on the show you're not old at all secondly wow so you're well traveled yeah definitely i'm going to ask about that later in the fourth quarter segment okay because that's super dope spain east coast mm -hmm. orlando milwaukee chicago phoenix and definitely i remember anybody that actually loves basketball whether you're a suns fan a lakers fan whatever mm -hmm. I remember that bubble run. I wanted them to play. Like they didn't make it, but they went on that run and they was like undefeated in the bubble leading up to it. Devin Booker's going crazy. Right. Oh, this is beautiful. And they didn't make it. And anybody that paid attention knew that's the success was right around the corner. After that, mm -hmm. it was like, all right, Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix is going to be a good, legitimate team. Is just adding a couple pieces. Trade deadline just happened. How are you feeling about the moves that your team made? I'm actually really excited about Royce, the Royce O'Neal trade. Um, I feel like not only is he like a three and D guy, but he's a really great passer. 
Um, he can kind of facilitate a little bit if he brings the ball up the court or what have you. I think he's um, really just universal. Uh, so that's, I think he's going to be definitely within the top eight players in our rotations. Um, as far as Roddy goes, dude's built like a linebacker. Like <laughs> he reminds yes. me of, he reminds me of Ish Wainwright that we used to have before they traded him to Portland. And it was awesome to actually have that big body on the floor when you needed it. When, when Joker was knocking everybody over and Ish could just stand there and be like, you know, like, so like I, he's on a rookie contract, I believe. Rod is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly what he has to bring to the table, but I know that he's really decent on defense. And I think with the right defensive minded coach, which Vogel is supposed to be that we can really help him grow. And I think we would own his bird rights too. Yeah, I believe so. I, I mean, I like the pick. He had some pretty decent games when he was over in Memphis. I think he's in the he's going to be in a position where he could just learn. You got KD, Bradley, Bill, Devin Booker, and Frank Vogel as your coach. He's in a position definitely to grow. I feel. I love the Royce O'Neal pickup. Mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal is so underappreciated, as you said, universal. He's doing. Whatever you need him to do, Royce O'Neal will do. And I think he's a great locker room guy. I like what Phoenix is doing. And I just read a report before we came on that there's talks. If he's getting bought out, uh, y'all might bring Andre Drummond, which I like that. What's your perspective on uh, possibly having Andre Drummond join the Phoenix Suns? Well, if you know anything about Matt Ishbia, he is literally been a godsend for the Phoenix Suns nation here. Um, as an owner, he what he wants, he gets, right? So, like, we had the KD trade. No one thought that was going to go through. It went through. We gave up some really great players. You know, like, Mikhail was my favorite player. I cried the day he left, honestly. Um, it took me a little while to warm up to the idea with Katie being hurt and all that when we first got him. But Ishbia has really been able to really bring together some really great teams. You know, we have a lot of injury in the beginning of our season. But now that all of our big three are playing together, we're looking good. And I think we might be that dark horse in the playoffs. Um, Royce O'Neal is going to add to that. If we add Drummond, I don't know. I think it, I think it's only going to make it better. Honestly. Um, I also thought like Robin, um, Lopez is now waived. Right. So like I, we could always pick him up in, you know, I think he would be good for when Nurk is in foul trouble and we need to get a body in, a big body in there to like take on extra fouls and stuff. But I don't know. I, I feel like the Suns are always surprising us with something. <laughs> yeah, I Robin or Andre, I think that would be a great pickup, especially in a playoff time, especially when you talk about a Western conference where everybody has to see Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. As we saw last night, as a Lakers fan, it hurt my heart. But I've already accepted the fact that we have no answers for that man. And yeah. we, saw, we saw it again last night. And NBA threads let every Laker fan know about it. So, yeah, that was um, it was a tough, it was a tough night. But 
being that you are knowledgeable about the league, what were some of the other, in your opinion, like the bigger trades of the trade deadline that did happen? Oh, man, I got to give it to the Knicks, really. Like, whatever they did to acquire Brodatovic and Burks and not have to pay next to nothing. <laughs> man, that's genius. <laughs> um, honestly, it was, I felt like it wasn't a very climactic, trade deadline this year which is fine by me because our off season was insane so like i'm fine with the way it went down but there were some pieces moved around that might cause other teams to like pick up some action in the west right we're already really tight in the west with how the standings are running um i think the suns are now in fifth all four teams in front of us could go to the finals so I don't know. It's a tight race. It was definitely anticlimactic, but like you said, the offseason, I was reading Wold, Shams, Vincent Goodwill. They all were saying, oh, this offseason is going to be crazy yeah. again. So we didn't get the huge, the crazy trades, but trust and believe when the season is done. That's why I love the NBA personally. Yep. It's really year round. It is year round. And this summer they're saying it is going to be bananas. So I'm looking forward to because I don't know. I honestly, as a Lakers fan, being completely honest, I don't see us winning a championship. So I'm kind of looking forward to what we're going to do in the summertime to actually try to win a championship. So that's how I view the Lakers season. You mentioned earlier NBA threads. I love the NBA threads community. I've talked about it Dagner every chance I get what is the main like what's the biggest thing that you love about the NBA threats community oh my god there's so many things like I I constantly I'm like you I'm like bragging about it to my friends or talking to people about it and I'm like it's a true community online community honestly I love that people are so positive and they engage with you regardless of what team you're a fan of regardless of if they agree with your opinion or not, like I feel the community accepts us for who we are and it's pretty all inclusive. If you ask me, yeah. um, you know, there's writers, there's podcasters, there's arena hosts, there's athletes, there's, you know, there's people just like me doing nothing, but just jumping in the conversations. You no, know? you're doing more than that. <laughs> Fan clubs, whatever, you know, like we can joke around, we can be sarcastic, we share our different point of views about everything, not just sports, but like we educate each other, you know, like there's sometimes when people are vulnerable and they reach out to like get people's opinions or like just share something and we're all there for each other. And that's what I absolutely love about it. It's a positive community where you can be yourself and talk sports amongst other things. You explained it perfectly because it, it's kind of, I said it to to your David Russian, I've said it to Jared, I've said it to Jamar. It's like it's an unreal community. Like you don't really, I don't see this on any other social platform, like the way that it is on Threads. Like it's an actual, legitimate, like you said, positive community. And it's of course we come for the basketball, but it literally turns into we're talking about motherhood. We're talking about <laughs> every like every. Right. And it's supportive across the board. Yes, go ahead, be the best mom you could be. 
Yeah. Right. Go ahead, get your doctorate degree. Like everything on right. it, and it's actually supportive. It's not negativity. Even mm-hmm. if you don't agree, hey, you're a Suns fan. We don't see the comments and craziness like, oh, f you and your team. We don't see that. Yeah. So refreshing. It is. So refreshing. It is. There's so many Suns groups even that I follow on like Instagram or Facebook. And it's so negative about your own team and talking down about the players and the coaches and all the people. If you have a different opinion, they're trash talking you. And it's like, I don't even want to be a part of that kind of thing. You know, like I literally have just like left several groups because of that. And I wouldn't have really known that it could be different unless NBA threads came along. (laughs) So like, this is the new uh, pathway, I feel. Yes. Again, so if you're watching and you haven't joined yet, (laughs) join. I mean, we're we're pitching the greatest pitch in history to get you to (laughs) If you don't join, I don't know. You just might like toxicity. That might be what, if you want something different, I feel like, you know, uh, when he was at the, the awards, he was like, if you don't want the person in the background dancing in the music videos, come to Death Row Records. If you don't want to deal with <laughs> terrible that basketball conversation mm-hmm. and people being disrespectful, come join Threads. We'll gladly have you. Gladly have you. Exactly. Who would you predict if you had to? Who's your NBA Finals prediction? I know we're 50 games in. And it's still yeah. a lot of basketball to play. But if you had to predict, who would you predict to be in the finals? It pains me to say it because, you know, I want my sons to be there. <laughs> but, man, I got to say the Clippers on the West. Um, Kawhi has just been unreal. And Harden, I was like, when I first saw them three get together, I was like, this is not going to be good. It's going to be like us, you know, (laughs) where everybody like can't gel or you can't get used to each other. You got three ball hogs now, you know, like it took Ty, their coach, right? He is phenomenal. He was able to rein in every single personality on that team and get everybody to play as a cohesive unit. And they have been unstoppable. Like I, they're going to be my final pick on the West. On the East Coast, I'm going to go maybe a little unconventional on this end, but I'm going to say the Knicks. <laughs> uh, I love Brunson. I really love what he's doing. They just picked up some really solid players that are going to help push him over the line. I think. Um, so I'm excited. I know a lot of other East Coast fans probably mad that I said. <laughs> But like I'm calling it out, and I don't know. I I really like the Villanova boys, you know. Yeah. I like Mikhail. I always loved him, and Brunson's from there too. Like. Yeah, they got a. Uh, what yeah. about you? Who's your pick? Um, I'm going Clippers too, even though it pains me as a Lakers fan to be choosing. The <laughs> I, to your point, I have to echo it. Like what Ty Lue was able to do, I feel even from the beginning of the season, of getting Kawhi and Paul George to buy into this season. And they have, for the most part, been healthy. And that's been the only question mark, really, with the Clippers is Paul George mm-hmm. by being healthy. Them healthy, getting James Harden on board, and Russell Westbrook. 
actually he seems to be back in loving the game again, mm-hmm. having fun and smiling and dancing on the sideline. Right. I, I see him dancing and jumping with James Hart and going down the court. I'm like, that wasn't happening mm-hmm. last season. And for those that know, it's like anything that you do in life, if you don't have the love for it anymore, you don't have the joy. Right. You kind of don't do the job well. It kind of affects you heavily. So I got the Clippers, Ty Lue, top two coach in the league right now. Mm-hmm. On the East, I'm leaning towards the Knicks actually also too. I don't really trust Boston mm-hmm. because they literally shoot 43 three-pointers a game. <laughs> and we've seen we've seen that story happen too many times in the playoffs. The team that shoots that many threes has a couple games where they don't knock the threes down and then they end up losing the series. Right. That's what I feel is going to happen. I don't trust Milwaukee. They still got to figure things out. Doc is, I don't know what's going on with Doc. He's still mm-hmm. got to figure stuff out coaching. And to your point, what you mentioned earlier, people and fans, you know, because they're fans, sometimes go overboard with how they're talking about the players. Mm-hmm. Perfect example, Damian Lillard showing, coming out saying that, I'm going through some personal stuff. I still think that's going to affect the season. Like he said, he's going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. I've seen it with my parents. I've seen it on other. Mm-hmm. We don't know how bad it is. And right. then you have to go do your job that is in front of millions of people. Right. It's not like other people, you're going through a divorce and you get to go to McDonald's or something like that. Where right. It's not a million people watching you and you're getting paid million dollars and there's a bunch of this pressure. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to factor in this season big time in regards to them going further. I like the Knicks. I like the moves that they made. I mm-hmm. love Jalen Brunson. He's playing great without Julius. Julius Randle's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And it makes it easier. The moves that they did made it easier for them to succeed. When, we, when the Lakers beat the Knicks, we only really beat the Knicks because we was able to box in one Jalen Brunson. And yeah. he, he had no help, really. Now with these moves, you can't double him and you can't double Julius Randle when he comes back. Right. So then what do you do? And Mitchell Robinson, they said it's supposed to start on-court activity next week. Okay. And Mitchell Robinson coming back, too. Yeah. And then OG's on there now, right? So like he's out for three to four, three to six weeks, maybe with a knee surgery or something. Um, but when he'll be back in time for playoffs, you know, and then, I mean, they just made really good moves. And like, I just hope that, you know, they gel as much as you can hope for someone that you're not like a complete 100% fan, you know? I think so. the league is good when the Knicks are good. I think it's yeah. a, it's a beautiful time. Especially, <laughs> it's like L.A. and the Knicks, two biggest cities in the country. Like when they're both doing good, basketball's great, right? <laughs> Beautiful, I love it. And I already know it's going to be if that happens. I mean, even just even they get out the first round. I was I live in the area, so that that whole series with the with Trey Young and all, they were going bananas. So I can't imagine they make the finals. Oh man. New York is going to be. Jared always talk. Jared already talking about he going to leave DC and come back home for it. Like it, 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it would be crazy. Fourth quarter segment. This is the fun segment, little rapid fire questions to get to know you more. We ask every single person because yeah. as you can see, I'm not the biggest person, but I am really like 350. I eat for four. So <laughs> I'm a foodie. So I love to ask other people, what's your favorite thing to eat? Like you don't get tired of eating this at all. Poke bowls and sushi. Ooh. I love poke bowls. Like at least once a week, I go to my local place and I design my own and I indulge in it. <laughs> sushi, never can get tired of sushi. I feel like I have a bottomless stomach when it comes to sushi. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. One thing people don't know or have a misconception about living in Arizona. There's a lot, actually. <laughs> but when I first moved here, I had never been to Arizona before. And I took a 13-day road trip to like do all this random stuff along the way. Mm -hmm. And when I got here, I had no idea that there were lakes and rivers here. It's the desert, right? There's sand dunes and cactus. <laughs> cacti. And then I see that it's surrounded by mountains. And I'm like, I never knew there were such beautiful mountains in Arizona. Um, but I go paddleboarding all summer long. People have boats they take out to several different lakes in the area. Like it really is a complete destination. Mm -hmm. It is right now. It's a little chilly. It's 50. <laughs> but like in the summer around this time, it's 75, 80. You know, it's gorgeous all year round and there's just so much to do like you can do all year round things outside can't shovel sunshine you know <laughs> ah okay i didn't know i didn't know that either paddle boarding and everything and it's all that sounds sounds really good because you would think like you said it's just you know how it's perceived often it's just deserts and Act die, you gotta worry about rattlesnakes and this, that, and third. But no, it's actually it's actually a dope place to live. So There's a lot of fun stuff to do. <laughs> definitely on my on my places to visit for sure. Now you mentioned, you mentioned it earlier. I didn't have this plan, but you mentioned it, so I have to ask. Where was your favorite place that you ever got to visit or that you lived in? Because you mentioned Chicago, you was in Spain for a little which I think that was dope that you you actually, I want to do that at some point in my life, like go live in France for like a year or something. And yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, it's It was a culture shock at first, you know, but like um, I did that for about two and a half years. And while I was over there, I got to see places like Portugal and Gibraltar. And I went to Tangier, Africa, and I did like all kinds of like really cool things. Um, I love to learn about culture and see how people live and, you know, there's so much more than your hometown or the United States. And I've been, I think my favorite place I've been to was probably Belize. It is absolutely gorgeous. I love the ocean. It's crystal clear, blue, beautiful, lobster at your feet. Like you can reach in and grab one and cook it up for dinner. <laughs> I like that. It was, it was gorgeous. Wow. So Belize is on my list also because in Jersey, I don't know if you've ever been to Jersey, our water is not crystal clear. No, it's not. 
I've been to Jersey like twice. I actually dated someone from Jersey when I lived on the East Coast. <laughs> okay, so you know, you know, Jersey water is not not where it's at at all. We we gladly people from Jersey, New York, we gladly try to get down to anywhere else but Jersey when it comes to actual clear, clean water. So right. <laughs> If you're watching and you don't know, just visit Jersey one day. Go to the shore. The shore is fun, but the water, uh, I, I wouldn't suggest. Yeah. <laughs> Who's it? Because again, I know you. I've, I've seen. I've seen the post, mm -hmm. and I know you're watching it on Sunday. And I know you've been paying attention. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl on Sunday? Oh, um, I'm picking Sam Brand. And I'm saying the MVP is going to be Purdy. And that is like, I know it's really out there. Like, be, just because we know the history of Kansas City and Mahomes is fantastic. I love watching him play. Um, but Purdy has really been amazing through the playoffs. And he's taken his team to places they didn't think they were going to get this year. And I feel like... They could upset them, to be honest. It's probably not like one of the best picks for most fans. You know, it's like Kansas City and Travis Kelsey, you know, all the Swifties voting that way. But <laughs> I'm going against the grain. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely heavily favored with the history, with what Mahomes has done, especially with the team not being the best on the offensive side to still make it. I was hoping it was going to be a rematch of Ravens 49ers, but I mm -hmm. didn't. we didn't get to see that. So it's going to definitely be a good game. I can see the 49ers definitely pulling it out for me. Cause I already bet against Mahomes. I'm not going to bet against them twice. So <laughs> I'll say they somehow figure it out just because that's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but I would not be shocked if Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, that guy is He's insane. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. Un unreal. Debo, like it's mm -hmm. it should be a good game. That's what I more so want than anything. I don't want it to end up being one of the teams won 45 to 10. I don't want one of those games. Right. Give me one of those games is going down to the fourth quarter and hey. Let's say Brock Purdy has a game-winning drive. They win the Super Bowl. I'd rather that. I will be okay with that, me personally. Yeah, yeah I'm not fully vested in either team, so mm -hmm. I'm just picking, like, you know, to have fun with it. <laughs> I'm not vested in either team either, so we're we're good. We're, <laughs> we're both there on that one. What would you say, if you had to choose, is the best era of basketball? God, this is a hard question. This is one where I was like, I don't know if I have an answer for this one. Um, because I felt like every era had something amazing to offer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether you're talking about players like MJ and Kobe and LeBron and like the new kids coming up, you know, like they're going to set precedence for the future generation, you know. Um, I want to define my favorite era as by the era where they played defense. <laughs> And they boxed out under the basket and grabbed the rebounds like the Rodman style. <laughs> yes. 
where you didn't have to worry about every time someone came to the floor, they're shooting a three-pointer. Like it kind of makes it boring sometimes when you're at the game, just watching teams run back and forth, stopping at the three-point line, swinging the ball a few times, shoot the three-point, shoot three-point, drive on someone. And I think that's why people love dunking. Because it's something that is not from the three-point line. You have to use athleticism to come in and do it. You know, like, I miss that time period. <laughs> it is definitely a different time period. And I see it from even the grassroots. So I help sometimes in my town help kids train, help different clinics. And it's kids in the second or third grade pulling up from the logo. I'm like, sir, can we... <laughs> Can we make, make, make the layup? They can't make the layup, but they're shooting from there. That's where they warm up. I remember right. <laughs> you, you don't warm up at the low at the logo. No stretching. <laughs> the first shot is from the logo. I'm like, wow, this is this is a completely different era. I talked about it before too. Like the defense, I guess this is what the NBA wanted. They wanted more scoring. They got yeah. what they wanted. They, they they definitely got what they wanted. I'd like to see a little bit more balance, especially when we talk about like the all-star games. Right. Show some some competitive fire. Like right. put it some effort in, like at least. It's literally all right, it's it's taking turns. You score. Yeah. My right. turn. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> they literally will just stop on the court. They don't even run to the other side to play defense in the all-star games. Like last year I was at the all-star weekend in Salt Lake and they were, that was the worst game. I think worst all-star game. I think I've seen in like a decade. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was bad. So hopefully, hopefully something they figured out. Cause I, I think they was talking about his reports where they might have to, redo some of the cba maybe that'll be mixed in there something they'll figure something out to create some more rules to help out the defense because everything is obviously towards the offense now to help them out yeah. so hopefully there's some changes that's made of course again like i said i pay attention to your page i do my research i was scrolling and you mentioned in multiple different posts how much you enjoy dancing how much you would love all genres of music mm -hmm. what would be like your top three songs or genres that you like to dance to i love so many different songs it'd really be hard to pick three songs so i'm going to use genres here um i'm a big drum and bass fan it's a type of electronic music if you don't know uh breakbeat more florida style with the vocals um and then hip-hop of course i you know, it's, you, there's nothing else to say about that. <laughs> if you love to dance, you love to dance to hip hop and breaks and drum and bass. Like that's it. <laughs> of course, no explanation needed there. <laughs> I like all three that you pick right there. I won't say I'm the best dancer. My wife will attest I'm not the, the <laughs> best dancer. I love to do, if I could just do a little two steps or whatever it is, I'm, I'm good. We here right here with it. Right, right. Here, right in this little area. I'm good. And I that's me. I love all the genres that you just mentioned. So it, it's I think it's fun. Like if you're not able to have fun, like you don't have to be 
a Chris Brown or a professional tap dancer. Yeah. Just have some fun. Last one before we get you out of here again. We appreciate you hopping on with the Bench Mob episode. Five people dead or alive that you like to have a meal with. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Aaron Andrews, mm. Nicki Minaj, and Kawhi Leonard. Oh, that's a that's a that's a fire dinner table right there. <laughs> it's a whole lot of crazy. <laughs> and I already know we gotta have sushi there. I already know. Yep. It's gonna be, <laughs> be sushi there and poke bowls for sure. For everybody, yeah. Nikki, Kawhi, Eric, Mikel, Ryan Reynolds, that's going to be a lot of laughter. You're going to have some yeah. entertainment. You're going to have some great stories. Of, oh, how was it when you won the finals over in Toronto? Like, that's going to be, I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that, for that meal, for sure. Yeah, I just want to hear Kawhi laugh. <laughs> I absolutely love his laugh. <laughs> Definitely, I would like to be a fly on the wall to hear that. We don't laugh that often. So when we do, it's priceless. I would definitely love to be there for that. But again, we thank you for taking time out your schedule to hop on with us. Y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bench Mob, we out. Peace.